Brian Imes, what does this Ukraine situation mean to you? To me, as a free-loving American and a person who believes deeply and wholeheartedly in free markets and free people, free commerce, um, it means a lot. I run uh, Milwaukee drills every day in my construction business, so uh, those titaniums are run by, excuse me, those batteries are run by titanium. So from a producer's standpoint, the cost of those batteries is going to go up because uh, Ukraine is number one or two in titanium production in the world, along with iron ore and copper and all kinds of other things. It's not very big, Ukraine, as you look at it. It's about the a quarter or maybe a fifth of the size of the continental United States, probably a sixth of the size, uh, but it's resource rich uh, and it cooperates and participates in countries all around the world in resource distribution and sales. And uh, it's not an import country, it's an export country. So if you're a capitalist and especially an industrial capitalist in America, then it means something to you because the price of everything that you use or next to everything you use just went up uh, because of the difficulty of them to get their resources out to the world, right? If they're an export country and now they're enthralled in a war with their neighbor who is Russia those people are fighting. They're not harvesting resources, right? They're not in mines and they're not in factories. Uh, they're in their front yards or looking out their window trying to fire at uh, fighter jets and Russian tanks um, and things like that. So <clears throat> once again, from an industrial capitalist perspective, that means an increase in price of goods, period, for me, which means the cost to my customer has to go up because I can't endure the loss right? That's not how capitalism works. So uh, anybody who wants to engage me this year in deck or fence work, as long as this persists, as long as this problem persists, is going to see an increase in the, at least the price of the goods. Uh, my daily time doesn't go up um, unless the price of gas continues to go up, right? We get oil from them as well. Uh, and once again, if their people are fighting the Russians and not harvesting resources and not working in their factories, um, then the ability of them to export their goods slows dramatically, or it maybe even comes to a halt. You know what I'm saying? Like COVID does something to your economy. What the fuck does a war with Russia do to your economy? Right? That takes a lot of time. That takes a lot of resources and it takes a lot of human capital. And when human capital is not available to produce those resources and export them for income for the country, uh, that affects everyone else around the world. What say you, Jay? So this is a giant geopolitical chess game that's been going on since the Bay of Pigs. But as we speak in the very intermediate, the Nord Stream pipeline goes from Russia to Germany. We... So the... Pipeline goes from Russia to Germany. They're a huge supplier of oil. Um, and Russia is dependent on the energy. There's this Green New Deal bullshit, which is fucking crazy to me, that they've convinced the world to, or Germany rather, to discontinue their nuclear plants. Discontinue them. They have six. There's three down. They're going to do the next three this year. And they're going to rely completely on Russia for oil. It's fucking crazy. 
fucking crazy. Germany is going to rely on Russia. That's stupid as fuck. We, since since Biden has come into office, okay, let me backtrack. Trump put sanctions on that fucking pipeline. No, you're. he said, you better not goddamn do it. I'm cutting you off. Sanctions. You're not going to do nothing with it. Biden comes in, yanks the sanctions. Well, in the past couple of days, he just reapplied it. Okay, whatever. But the shit's still flowing. That's the money going into that uh, country. Nord Stream Pipeline oil money is going into Russia, which is funding this attack. Which means Germany is funding Russia. And us. By Be- refusing to produce their own oil. And by buying it well, they directly can't really, from they're Russia. Not, they, they don't have a lot of resources to produce, but they can get from us. They can get it we, from us. We were oil dependent or independent and energy independent under Trump. We were selling to Germany. We were selling to other NATO countries. We were selling to our friends. That got shit in the dirt. So we, under Biden, he started, he bought, in his year, bought 2.5 million barrels from Russia. Okay. We funded this fucking attack on Ukraine. Uh, a piece of it anyway. So that's math, folks, right? If America steps into the picture in the no matter what you're talking about, if you're talking about iron ore, or you're talking about copper or titanium or oil, by the barrel, depending on where you buy it from in the world, which country and which purveyor, that determines where your money goes, right? Mm-hmm. If I go down the street, and buy superheroes from Target, then the money goes in Target's pocket. But if I go to the local toy trading trading store, which is owned by a local Italian guy that I know, then the money goes in his pocket, mm-hmm. right? And he bought the toys from China because that's where most of them are made. But at least he turned a profit. And he could take my money from the sale of that toy that was made in China but sold to me from him as opposed to to me from Target, uh, and Target is a subsidized corporation, right? It's dependent on dependent upon your tax dollars to fund its operation. It's also exempt from mandates and regulations that all the small businesses, like the Italian guy down the street, is subjected to. So, whether you're buying toys or you're buying oil, what you do with your money in this world right now, especially, determines who you are financing. And those people are on one or the other side of the line. That line is called the new world order and that's a reset wherein the countries who are part of that russia and china primarily are on the forefront of that push and they're trying to get other countries to go along with them america under donald trump took a stand against the new world order took a stand against the un or the united nations and took a stand for ourselves, and we produced and distributed and sold our own resources as opposed to buying them from other nations or as opposed to financing the nations who want to rid us of our sovereignty and envelop us into a new world order. Well, Trump, he he blatantly put to NATO, like, you're not paying your share. You're not paying your share into NATO for defense. You're not. We're, we are at 4.9% of our GDP Putting in all you other motherfuckers, you ain't putting the the minimum is two percent. The massive, um, the or excuse me, the greater amount of money that funds NATO comes from the United States of America. Oh yeah, Period. and we're paying for other ways. So what happens? So this is this is and and Biden has business dealings with China. There's there's books written about this shit. Him and Hunter, all this stuff. There 
there's clear cons- conspiracy here with China, but that's that's another topic. But this is a 20-year plan uh, from Putin. Putin set back for 20 years, getting his conscri- uh, getting sanction proof. He was getting sanction proof. He's trying to figure it out. So ever since I was a kid, Russia um, has had sanctions on it some way, somehow. And if you don't know what sanctions are, people, it's they are terms put into place where you can't trade and sell goods or there's limitations on certain things. And some people don't agree with sanctions. Some people do. At this point, they don't fucking matter. Even Biden said it's pointless. So uh, they did not attack the money. Now, SWIFT, S-W-I-F-T, is a banking system which governments trade um, goods and services and products and service or whatever. That's how they financially trade. And they're trying at this point to take Russia, pull them from that that bank. So that's that's a big thing. If they can do that, that'll that'll knock them pretty good. China's still backing them though. They'll cut off their flow of funds, right? To like, a point, like the Canadian government did to the via people. Go Send Me or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To in order to cut off the flow of money to the truckers, right? Who are staging a protest in yes. Canada and still are. Uh, that protest has fallen uh, or has been passed along in theory or in concept to many other countries, including the He's United kind of States pulled of back now. Once again, it's a battle of money, yeah. right? How much do you have? Who are you giving it to, right? Years ago, I said this is a, a battle of commerce, right? It, everything depends on where you get your money and what you do with it. And we all have to ask ourselves in America, what do you do in this community and what do you do in this economy? Are you a producer? Are you providing a service? Or are you directly dependent upon the government's intervention into business markets? And if you are, then you are a dependent. You might be processing, right? You might even think that you're producing in America, but you are not. You are a dependent, and your job or your exercise daily exists because of the intrusion of government. Yeah. Right? Now you have governments around the world who are trying to align themselves with each other against the United States of America. Not a lot, though. China and Russia, China and Russia specifically. Yeah. Uh, And they are socialist, at least, if not communist, in their political and economic design. Dictatorships, for sure. And a communist design is a political economic design, right? Every all every facet of the economy and every industry is owned and or controlled via rules by the federal government. And, and, and that's where NATO comes into play. Um, NATO is the shit in theory. And yesterday, okay, this, this is, this is the, let me backtrack even more. So Russia is terrified of NATO. Absolutely terrified because it's the gang. I mean, we're the blue gang, right? You you fuck with one, you're getting the beans from all. And the big money in the NATO is the United States. Is, oh yeah, we're daddy for sure. And we're we're the, the we're the military in that yes in that daddy group. And too. and we train all the other militaries too. So they they follow suit. They fall in line. So Trump threw a wrench in that whole plan. When he got elected, he threw a wrench in it. He shut shit down. He sanctioned the fuck out of Russia. 
they had no they had no chance of getting into Ukraine at all. So reason Putin wants to get into Ukraine is because we kicked out the old president. The old president was placed there by Putin. Um and it was a puppet country. Well, we replaced him with this cool guy. This new guy, Zelensky. Dude is a G. I love this dude. And he used to be a comedian. He used to be an actor. He was a president in one of his movies, which is pretty funny. He had a television show yeah. just before he ran for office as president of yeah. Ukraine. It's cool. And he's and he he's a real badass, but I'll get into that shortly. But <clears throat> he wants to be in NATO. Who knows what's going to happen there? Um, he wants to be part of the blue group. He always wants to be. But he's got a very corrupt folks around him. So business dealings with Biden, all this. I don't know that. I don't know the specifics about all that. Anyway, so Russia does plans, war games. Everybody's tension. They're on the border of Ukraine. They finally push, finally push. Pincer movement. Belarus is involved and let them get in the Northland. Um, uh, Odessa and Crimea from the south. And they are in this pincer movement. And at this point in time on the, let's see, what's today's date? 24th. So the 24th of February, 2022, they have captured um, Chernobyl. And it's not Chernobyl. It is the Chernobyl you know of old. But strategically, it's placed north and it is the beginning of that north road south right to kiev the the capital and that was very strategic and it goes straight to an airport which very strategic to the russian cause so they have got that now they're pushing up south to finish the pincer movement to surround kiev um and zelensky and it would have been totally totally conceivable that he would have kicked rocks. I'm going to get in a plane and get out of here. Right. No, my man did do flee. My man, my man, most turds do the old president, the new president, the cabinet, citizens, teachers, yoga instructors, everybody in the city that stayed, they gave out 18,000 Kalashnikovs with weapons and they're doing gorilla. They are turning into Charlie and they're doing gorilla warfare and, you you can take the capital, but you're not going to pacify the city. You're going to fight and keep fighting and keep fighting and keep fighting. Well, an armed citizenry is difficult to exterminate. Right? Example A, Iraq is a bitch. Right. Um, and Viet, Vietnam in the same way. Was a bitch. The, right. A bitch and hiding in caves and whatnot. It is and then a you bitch. go into Afghanistan and you're in high altitude terrible terrain mountains right? it's a bitch war is a bitch and it's yeah. difficult to execute things especially against an armed citizenry um no matter where you stand on the right to bear thing in america no one can argue that it's easy to overcome an armed citizenry especially in a a an area that is as vast as the united states of america yeah um the japanese knew well of that in world war ii which is why they never came to our mainland they would have been destroyed quickly Right on the shore, if not in the mm-hmm. first neighborhood they come into. So 
uh, by arming the citizenry in, Ukra- in the Ukraine, uh, that's a whole other topic. Why don't they have the right to bear arms before today? Oh, well, they did. They did. They did. But um, they Ukraine used to be a nuclear power. But to get, they're like, okay, you want to be in NATO? Get rid of all your nukes and come on. We got you. We're going to protect you. <laughs> Well, that shit kind of fell to the wayside, and especially right now, um, they can be they can be armed in Ukraine, um, and it's not it's a democracy there. I mean, it's I'm sure it's not the best, but who knows? But I I love the fighting spirit of the people, and I'll get to some of the uh, the morale, the myths around this war that are really pumping the people up that are just. They just ring my bell in a combat situation, but this guerrilla war fact, the, this guerrilla warfare tactic, is genius, and we have so many examples to fall on. And they've learned humanity has learned guerrilla warfare for the longest. One of the reasons the Revolutionary War worked so well is because conventional war is stupid. Back in the day. Stupid is a Stupid. nice is a nice word to describe yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's a slaughterhouse. Let's line all our folks up and just yeah. fire shots. The fuck, gorilla. I'm a, you just, see that tree? I'm gonna go hide behind that tree. Yeah. Maybe I'll even wait till Joe comes around the corner, or Bob, yeah. right? And then I'll shoot his ass. And I'll booby trap, especially if he's infiltrated my country, right? What when you say what does country means to mean to you? That's the next uh, podcast we're gonna do. What does that mean? To have a boundary, to have a border, to have respect for fucking lines, right? Yeah. I build fence for a living, and we define property lines, right? We make better neighbors, right? We make people engage each other squarely. We draw it right down the middle. Here's yours, and that's mine. Well, sometimes you got to shoot the madman that wants to come into your property lines. Right. And, if you and, don't believe in borders, and that's the left, right? Yeah. They don't believe in borders. They don't believe in boundaries, and they really don't. Well, believe, they do now. Well, it means they don't. <laughs> they don't believe in country. And you were talking about the twenty-year plan, and you were talking about Biden being involved, right? Biden's son took a whole bunch of money out of Ukraine. Yeah, a whole bunch of money from that, China that they could be using right now. That yeah. money could be very valuable to the Ukrainian people and the Ukrainian government well, what's as happening? they try to battle Russia. Well, what's happening now with NATO is they 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 circumvent Biden in that this collective they are sending a and they've made Biden kind of do it. They pushed a shitload of money and a shitload of arms to Ukraine. As we speak, it is en route to Ukraine. So we're not going to put NATO troops on the ground until it gets crazy, which I think it's going to. But we are sending javelins, stinger missiles, ammo, food, water, all the logistics. We're getting it to Kiev to stop these dudes. And Ukraine is fighting fantastically. All the good guys in the world, they're going, hey, let's go help this good guy. Yes. And the reality of the story is Biden just helped Russia make a bunch of money and Biden's son took a whole bunch of money yeah. out of Ukraine. That's math. From the back end. You, right. You can do whatever with it whatever you want, but you can't argue that. So is Biden part of their 20-year plan? I think so. Right? Is Are Russia and China working together with people who are inside the United States federal government? Where they're doing this sim- shit with Obama. Sympathetic to communist yes. rule yes. and to dictatorship. It's hard to argue against that. Yeah. It seems fairly obvious. And it's obvious to me, once again, this this whole podcast is about my perspective, right? 
This hillbilly, what does it mean to you? This is where I stand in America, and I'm an industrial capitalist and a producer. I'm also a smart guy, and I'm well-spoken, and I'm historically educated, and I followed most of this most of my life because it interests me. Mm-hmm. That, that's it, because it interests me. The, the thing that I'm most proud of as an American is the fact that I am an American. Yeah. That's the greatest thing about my life, and that enables me to do everything I want to do for good in my community and for my neighbor. So my perspective is this looks fairly obvious, and maybe you're not good at math, and maybe you don't like history, and maybe you don't care about the rest of the world and boundaries and borders, but you cannot argue the facts that the Bidens and the Obamas and the Clintons and the Kerrys and all those people have helped Russia prepare for this moment and have taken funds out of Ukraine that are very, very volatile mm-hmm. and could have helped them fight back. Yeah. Reality. Trump did pull funds from Ukraine too, uh, but he also was a bull. Putin is a wolf. Putin is a wolf and Biden is a sheep. So, and Trump is a wolf. So when the wolf, they're not, they're, who's going to be the biggest alpha wolf in this moment for the past four years? Biden gets in, the greatest thing that ever happened to Russia. and Which is <clears> why they wanted him to be the elector. Yeah, so right. if you want to say Russian collusion, this makes more sense with Putin. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that they pushed this big story, and we've all heard about it. Uh, the dossier and the whole thing on Trump. And it appears that the people who pushed the whole thing not only fabricated it, but they're guilty of everything that's enclosed in it. Yeah. Yeah. It seems fairly obvious. Again, yeah. this is just my perspective, but I think what it's the most fuck people's, are you talking about? I think it's bro? most people's perspective. Yeah. And they just, they want to send us a fucking dumb narrative. So with this thing, uh, with Putin, now he did say this and there's some things I'm like, okay, root, Putin, you're a cocksucker, but also Putin, you kind of say what you do. Um, I will give him that. Putin's truthful in some things. and He's, he's not mischievous. No, 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 no. He's square. He's square. And I'm not giving that. I mean, I'm not. That is a good. That's a good thing to have in your life, but it's dangerous in a motherfucker that will do something. And he did say this. He said, if NATO gets involved at all, and I'm paraphrasing, is if you get involved, something's going to happen that you've never seen in your lifetime. And to me, that spells out nukes. That's a nuclear warhead. I'm going to drop it somewhere. If that happens, dude, the world, I mean, even right now, the world has changed forever. But if that happens, and it's very, very, very likely, that's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, <sighs> Let me throw some perspective at it. If Putin has the balls, folks, to drop a nuclear warhead somewhere in the world, maybe he drops it in the middle of Missouri, right? Maybe he's like, how about Kansas City? And he drops a nuke on us. Maybe it's New York. Maybe it's L.A., right? Maybe it's Dallas, Chicago. Who knows? Maybe the place in America where he has the least friends, Right. If he's willing to do that, and if he's gesturing like he might do that, not that he's going to drop it in America, maybe he drops it in Africa in the middle of the desert. Who knows? I think he might hit England. But what does that say about his true intentions? How grand are his intentions if he's willing to do something so grand? If yeah. he just wants Ukraine because he really believes in his heart and via history that it belongs to the Russian people, 
then he would leave everyone else in the world out of it. If he gets China and threat involved and threatens NATO and is working with the Germans and who knows what else is going on, then there's a grand design and there's a grand scheme. And he has grand ambition, right? With Taiwan also with China. Like this is this is prerequisite for that too. And we are legally obligated to go help Taiwan. We are legally we have to go. So that's a huge that's we are the way I look at Putin is this whole situation. What happens when the dog actually bites the car tire? You know? What you you want it this whole time. You want that car tire. You chase that thing down the road all the time barking at it. But what happens when you finally bite it? It's bad. And so I think this is one of those situations. Like he's bit the car tire. Hang on. And this that dog has nukes on his back. Well, I think you find out what Russia really has and what kind of fight they have in them. And well, you conscripts. also find out what their grand ambition is, like I say. He he has a plan that's way down the road. Men yeah. men who have power, again, this is my perspective. Men who have power, especially power granted to them by governments, right? They have yeah. lots of power and they have lots of resources, human capital, and they have lots of warheads, right? They have lots of things to make battle with. Those men aren't thinking about tomorrow. Yeah. They're thinking about three, four years down the road. That's what men who plan in business and with industrial capital, that's what they do, right? Hillbilly fight where it doesn't end tomorrow, right? It ends with my little boy, yeah. right? On a ranch with a big Morton building and bags and mats and bunks for the boys upstairs and a tavern on the front end, right? That's the design because I'm an industrial capitalist, right? I'm a man and I have plans and men make plans. He's not fucking with Ukraine, because of next week. No, 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 no. He's going right. further. Way, way, way further. Way down the road. And more so than you and I can understand. Yeah. And more so than anybody knows about or the CIA can follow or the FBI is going to admit that it knows. Right? Mm -hmm. It involves China and it involves Germany and it involves a lot of other places in the world. Iran. Right? Mm -hmm. Saudi Places Arabia. who are not sympathetic to Western design, to free markets, to capitalists, to Christians. Right? His designs are way down the road, and which is which is very scary, even for for him. You know, it's very scary for him because he's got to think about it, man. He's well, he has to live in this world. We're talking about my five year old Thatcher. Say hello. Hi. Thatcher is almost five and a half. We live here in the middle of America in Kansas City. He goes to a nice private daycare. His mother and I have a real good relationship. She's moved on, been married, and he's got a little sister, right? And you're real close to your grandparents and all your mama's family and all of daddy's family. What happens with in Ukraine or what happens further down the road, the conversation, what happens between the relationship between Why Russia and China? What happens between the relationship between Russia and China? And what happens between America or with America's response to that relationship and will undoubtedly determine his future as an American, his ability to produce for himself, his ability to provide for his community, his ability to foster a family, everything. That's reality. I got a question for you, Thatcher, and I want to hear it from a five-year-old. I want to ask you a couple questions. And I w can you speak into this microphone and answer them the best way you can? Okay. Yes, you can. 
<laughs> so, is it wrong for a big person to hit a little person for no reason? No. It's, it's not wrong? Thatcher, if daddy walked up to you and hit you, would that be wrong? Right. Yeah, say it in here. Yeah. That would be wrong. And it's wrong because you're not big enough to fight back, right? You're just five. And you're tough and you're smart and you're sweet and charming and everything, but you can't beat up Big Daddy, right? Would maybe you, maybe one of these days. But would you ask me for help? Yeah? Yeah. If Daddy come over and thumped you, you'd say, Hey, Joe, help me out. Because I'm his size, right? Yeah. So... That's what's happening in the world today. We have to help our friends. The little guy, right? The, the guy. Ukraine is the little guy. And Ukraine is a small country in size, but it has massive wealth via resources. There's lots of opportunity there, not only for its citizenry, but for the rest of the world to reap the rewards of what they hold there. And then for them to be a free market and have the ability to, to distribute, not only harvest, but distribute their own goods is good for everybody in the world, including you. Would you get mad if somebody stole all your toys or tried to come steal all your toys? Um, yeah. Yeah, why? Because they stole them. Yeah. You'd be mad if somebody came into the door without asking and took all your superheroes. Yeah. You'd be real mad. You want to fight? Yeah. Would you fight just keep them? Yeah. And that's America, baby. Well, that's human nature, really. That's human nature, and that's what's happening in Ukraine, right? Ukraine has a history, and Russia has a history, and okay, all the countries around them, right? Belarus and Crimea and all these Well, Belarus is, uh, is a Russian puppet. Right. So you have all these entities, all these individual countries, and they have their own perspective and their own background and their own culture, really, right? They have to make a decision about what they're going to do about their neighbor because their neighbor, Ukraine, is being picked on by the big dog, right? Russia is the big dog in that part of the world. And not too far to the south or to the south and the east is China, and that's a real big dog. Real big dog. So as a neighbor of Ukraine, whether you're right next to them, right, in Belarus and Crimea, or if you're on the other side of the planet with the United States of America, which is where we sit. And we sit right in the middle. We're real comfortable in Kansas City, right? We're not close to the oh, shore. Oh, we're surrounded by a moat, baby, the hey, Atlantic we, and the Pacific. It's, it's difficult to get here, and it's difficult to get to the middle of America, especially. Um, but it matters to all of us, and that's our neighbor, and we want to stick up for our neighbor, right? America has been involved in foreign exchange uh, for all of the last century and more. Um and there's always somebody in the world who thinks that we're picking on the little guy. We're saving them. We're, what we really are doing is in, intruding or introducing ourselves into a situation and into a conversation wherein we're standing up for the little yeah, guy. Yeah, we're protectors. And the little guy, no matter where you are in the world, is the guy who wants to be free. Yes. He wants to be left the fuck alone, and he wants to do it his own way and speak his own language and have his own family and make his own money. That's true. That's it, no matter where you are. And the joy in all of those people, all those free-thinking people, their joy comes from producing and serving in their community, period. Period. Because it's all wrapped in love. So if we don't stand up for the little guy, 
right? And we are America, the home of the little man. We are. Everybody in America can stand on their own two feet until they make it too difficult, right? The government uh, gets in the middle of everything and introduces themselves into every industry and involves himself in every enterprise and tries to unionize every core of labor, then we're all the same, right? But if we all stand on our own and we all pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, right? That means put your fucking shoes on and go to work. And if you're not doing that, then you're not a little man. And you're not standing up for the rest of the little men. And you're not making yourself an example to your neighbor. Which means you probably don't have the balls to fly overseas and fight on behalf of that neighbor. right? Your neighbor's not necessarily the guy that lives next door. He might be the guy on the other side of town. Maybe he's the guy in New York City. right? Maybe he's the guy in Ukraine. You want to hear a couple? There's three stories that's come out of this so far. And I'll give you... I'll give you my thoughts. I want to hear your thoughts, too, about these. And this is defiance at its finest. So on the south of Crimea, about 120 miles off the coast of Crimea, um, there's this island called Snake Island. And it's just a, a little outpost. There was 13 guys there. Russian warship comes up to it and sends them a message on the radio. says, hey, um give up right now or we're going to bomb you. And it's beautiful because a guy comes back on the radio and says, Russian warship, go fuck yourself. Whoo. They all got smoked. They're dead. They, they, they bombed the whole island. They died. Yeah. All of them, 13 men, but they didn't lay down. They did not lay down and they didn't take it from the backside. Nope. And they didn't say, okay, whatever you say. Yeah. Cause that's not what the little man does. The little man stands up, and not just for himself, but he stands up for his neighbor. Yep. Right? He goes to the other side of the world and says, you know what? I don't appreciate you picking on that little guy. That's not square. Yeah. Right? I've been fighting professionally for, I don't even know how many years now, I think 14. Uh, And in professional mixed martial arts and boxing and professional kickboxing and professional Muay Thai, we have weight classes which means you can't pick on the little guy, right? Yeah. You might be built a little different to me, but we weighed in the same. Yeah. And we weighed in the day before. And that keeps the fight square. Yeah. And that's why combat sports is popular, especially in America. Because it's fair. There's a rise in consciousness in the individual. And the individual likes to watch other individuals not just entertain, but perform and defy and defy and defend themselves on their ground. And that's what we love about the little man. And that's why we love fighting in America. And that's why it's grown so popular in the last 15 years, especially is because there's a rise in consciousness in America and the individual. And that's in your heart. That's in your soul. That's what makes you want to love your little boy. Or stand up for the neighbor's little boy when the other neighbor's little yep. boy is picking on him, right? You're like, hey, now, we like it square around here. Everybody go to work and produce and serve for your community and come home and love one another. Let's not pick on each other. Let's not go into other people's homes and steal their resources. Let's not claim other children's toys as our own. You go out and work and you get your own fucking toys. Go fuck yourself. That's America, yeah. right? Go fuck yourself. The second story uh, is being called Bridge Daddy. Bridge Daddy is this one fella 
They're coming into Kiev. They need to get rid of these bridges to slow down the advancement. Well, this one guy had all the explosives, and he went to this bridge, and he and he couldn't detonate this bridge from wire or something. He had to detonate it by hand and take that bridge out, and ultimately it took his life. And he he did that selfless service. He brought down that bridge by taking his own life and to me, that's beautiful. Like he, it's just a fight. I will kill you. I will kill me to kill you. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck once yourself. Again. And there's this last one is the ghost of Kiev. And it is one MIG fighter pilot that shot down six Russian aircraft. One MIG? In one day. I don't know the validity of this story, but it's keeping these folks going on the ground. I don't know how true it is, but those folks on the ground sure believe it, and that's all that matters. Yeah. And once again, Ukraine is the little man yeah. in this conversation. Russia is the big dog, right? And they got big friends south of them. China is the big, real big But they dog. haven't come in yet. And they have not gotten involved, but they're playing their own hand in their own sea, right? We talked about Taiwan. That's something that China's been threatened and to uh, change change the script on for a long time. And now they might have the leverage to do so as the world is distracted by Russia picking on the little man, right? And the Ukrainians are standing up and they're taking the guns from their from their uh, government as they hand them out on the corners, right? And they're shooting out their windows and they're engaging in guerrilla warfare, which is really their own uh, only option at this point. Um, as Russia has lots and lots of tanks and lots of men are there with them. But the conscripts, so there's a lot of reports. There's a lot of reports, and they're getting captured. These Russians are getting captured and killed, and they're not doing as well as they thought they were. The The, the tip of the spear outran the logistics, so they're running out of gas on the roads and stuff, and they're getting captured by the Ukrainians. So that plan has gone awry. And and these people are fighting really, really well, and we're they're getting supplied at this point. So it's uh, there's fight in the dog for sure. There's absolutely fight in the dog. Oh, there was a, another point I was going to make to let close me, this up, but let me pine in. Uh, we were talking about combat sports and why people love it, and that's because it's all square, right? You love to watch your neighbor not only engage himself, but engage his neighbor. Uh, there is nothing more revealing in the world, at least in sporting, than watching a man fight in combat, uh, especially when there are no weapons involved. It's just me and my knuckles, my shins, my knees, my elbows. Let's party, right? So the other side of that is the thing that people don't like in fighting is when the guy doesn't fight, right? I printed a T-shirt Years ago, maybe 2010, it said Obama would tap to strikes. And it was black on black, so they couldn't call me a racist. I sold most of them to Marines and Army veterans. They loved it, right? Uh, but what that means is if you're not a leader, or if you're not a fighter, pardon me, then you're not a leader, right? If you've never dug yourself out of the hole and fought off bottom, then you don't know shit, and you don't have a perspective. 
Uh, Obama didn't have any perspective other than dependency. That's his entire life. Um, raising money for the people who want to destroy liberty and freedom for everyone. Um, so here you have this fight, and you have Russia and Ukraine. And Russia maybe thought that Ukraine was a bitch, and they thought they was going to lay down. But that's not humanity. And that's not how the little man fights, right? The guy that comes in and makes weight, right, dripping wet, uh, who's done the work, has faith in himself, and he fights through the fight. He might get his ass kicked the whole 15 minutes, right? In MMA, I've had a, a three-round loss at Bellator to John Ott, who's an enormous monster of a man. Now. He's a power lifter now, but, uh, or bodybuilder, excuse me. But uh, he beat the shit out of me for 15 minutes, but he never got me, and I never quit. And I stood up before he did as we was on the ground at the end of the fight, and that's what people loved about it. Somebody told me afterwards, I said, Brian, I don't think I've ever seen you win, but you just fucking bring it in your game, and you have so much fun. And I said, well, what the fuck did I come here for? To not have a good time? Shit. Hey, Brian, you want to fight in front of 3,000 people? Sure. You think I give a fuck if I win? Maybe a little bit. I'm fighting to win, but that's not what it's about. It's an engagement with myself and my neighbor, and that's what's beautiful. And that's why people love it, right? And that's why people, no matter which side of the aisle they're on in America right now, they're like, wait a minute, Ukraine's a little guy, right? And they're being picked on by this big fucking dog, and there might be a whole bunch of shady shit going on that involves our own government, right? So maybe we should stand up for the little guy. Maybe it's not good to go in his house and take his toys. 